Hey, this is Brendan Gersall from King's Church. Thanks so much for tuning into our podcast. I pray that this message you're about to hear empowers you, encourages you, challenges you, and equips you to live the life that Jesus has for you. Thanks for tuning in. Well, welcome, King's Church. Thanks for joining us today. Wherever you are, I want to welcome all of our physical locations. Welcome the Valley. I want to welcome everybody in West St. John. Shout out to you guys. I want to say hello to everybody in Halifax. I want to say hello to everybody in Charlottetown, all of our home churches. And today, a special welcome. Look, we haven't forgotten about you, online family. Even though we've been getting things rolling in person and we'd love to see your face at a real live gathering, we're, we're still grateful for the multitude of you who tune in online, maybe at a watch party, maybe at a home church, or maybe by yourself. Want to shout out to our Waterloo, Ontario campus, Evan. <laughs> Evan, thank you for your message this week to me. That really blessed me. Uh, we got people from all over Canada that watch and even in the States and around the world. So wherever you are today, we are glad you're here and we welcome you. Hey, a couple things I want to celebrate before we jump into the word today. Uh, I want to celebrate that this past week at our Valley location, uh, Pastor Adam reported to me that at Celebrate Recovery, we had four people turn their lives over to Jesus and surrender their lives. So we're celebrating that four decisions. Look, if we stop getting excited about decisions, whether it's one or a hundred, there's a problem with us. And so I'm thanking God for that harvest. And in, in speaking of celebrate and speaking of celebrate recovery, I'm also celebrating that this week, this Tuesday night, October 6th, we are launching King Church Halifax Celebrate Recovery. Come on. Halifax is launching CR. So excited. This is a dream come true. This is a vision that God's given us and now it's happening. And so, hey, King's Church, be praying for this ministry. This has become part of who we are. God has done so much. And I'll tell you what, the city of Halifax really needs this recovery ministry. And so we just bless you, Pastor Seth. Bless you, Pastor Josiah, and the whole team that you have prepared for this. Uh, God has risen you up for such a time as this. And we are believing great things for CR in Halifax. Can I get an amen? Well, it's the most wonderful time of the year. It's not Christmas. And if you're playing Christmas music at this time of year, you have a serious problem. It's Love Week. Yes, it is Love Week. It's the week of the year where we just get outright generous and we just go as wild as we possibly can. I am so excited about Love Week 2020 and I want to just take a few minutes today. I'm not going to be long because really this week isn't about words, it's about actions. And so we're going to get launched out and we're going to go and Love Week's going to start. But I want to make sure that as our church has grown, as many people have joined us, uh, we want to make sure that you know what Love Week is. And so I want to answer the question for a few minutes, what is Love Week? week. And what are we doing here with this one week we're calling Love Week? Well, in a nutshell, Love Week is one week of the year where we as a church, as King's Church, we streamline our generous works. We streamline our finances in one giant offering, which the whole thing goes out the door and supports charities and nonprofits and schools and individuals and all kinds of incredible stories that happen because of your generosity. We streamline that and we streamline acts of kindness all in one week. That's what we call Love Week. And it started back, can you believe it, in 2014. I was the senior pastor just about a year and a half at that time, two years, give or take. And I had, I had this idea 
about launching Love Week because I'd noticed something about our church that I didn't realize before I became the senior pastor. And you get an interesting vantage point as a senior pastor. You get to see some things about the church that you don't see from other positions. And the thing that stood out to me about King's Church was just how unbelievably generous, selfless, and thoughtful so many people were, and yet you never heard of it. People were constantly being generous, constantly looking out for the needs of others, constantly demonstrating the love of Christ with gifts and with kindness and help, just always out there doing it. And I saw it happening all the time, all through the year, and I thought, man, why is it that the narrative about the church is not how generous the church often can be? And why is it that the narrative, a lot of the time in the mainstream especially, the narrative is what's wrong with the church? I don't know if you've caught this. Even just the other night on Twitter, I got in a bit of a Twitter argument, which you never should do, by the way. Just stay off social media altogether. But I got in a bit of a Twitter argument with my childhood best friend. He reposted something about an article about this Christian organization that was was funding this like white supremacist group and just saying, doesn't sound like Jesus to me, he said. And so I just fired back to him and I said, Joel, you, yeah, you know your name, Joel. You know who I'm talking about. I said, Joel, why do you pick the one negative, gnarly, nasty headline about the church? Why is it that it's the nasty stuff that seems to rise to the top? Why is it that it's the bad apples driving the narrative? Now, there's probably a whole conversation about how Satan controls the powers of the air, and there's probably some things to be said about that. But isn't it true how often it's the, it's the bad apples, it's the, it's the failed pastor, it's, the, it's the, the Westboro Baptist churches that drive the narrative. And, and, I, and I pushed back and I said, actually, the church are without a doubt the most generous, selfless, forward-thinking, compassionate group of people on planet Earth, period. They're the people who invented hospitals, invented college. They're the ones that run into difficulty when the world runs out. So don't give me this one outlier of a moron who doesn't know how to follow Jesus at all and let me see some of the good news. And so it was kind of, sorry, I'm getting, I'm venting. um, Anyway, it was kind of that that made me want to just sort of like, hey, let's rewrite the narrative a little bit. If people could only see how generous our church is all the time. So what would happen if we streamlined it in one week? What would happen if we captured it all in one week and we just said, hey, let's just this one week, we're not saying we're not gonna be generous all year round, that's who we are, but what if we all did it at one time? What would it look like? And maybe the best way to to get a picture of what Love Week is for some of you who are new is if we take a look at last year's highlight video and get a glimpse of what it looks like, just a really quick glimpse in this highlight of what it looks like when we practice Love Week. Check it out, this is Love Week 2019. Guys, Love Week 2019 has been such an amazing success. Thank you so much for giving so generously and making all of this possible. I hope you've been blessed by seeing all the things that God accomplished through Love Week this year. Thank you for giving so generously. Thank you for loving the world. Thank you for being on mission, on earth as in heaven.
And so that's just a glimpse of what happened last year. It was so rich and so exciting just to see all that come together. And you can actually catch the full highlight video on YouTube and see what happened last year. But guess what? We get to do a whole new story this year. And we get to do something brand new this year. And I'm so excited about Love Week 2020. I have a feeling that this Love Week 2020 is going to be different than any other year. Now, why? Because of 2020? Well, yes, 2020 has just been a bit of a different year, hasn't it? I mean, we've got different things to consider. We've had a different year to this point. We, we get all that. But I think what better opportunity than, than right now do we have? We've never had such a time to be able to step forward in generosity that, like we do in 2020. It's been a year where there's a lot of hardship and a lot of difficulty that's happened. And this is a time, I mean, we've been saying this the whole time as a church. We've been saying the church never shut down, FYI. The church never went away. And in fact, we're here and we're moving forward. And I believe that this is the best chance, the best week that we've had all year to be able to just get out there and show the love of Jesus to our region. And so that is what we're going to do. It is Love Week 2020. And I'm just excited that it's this year. Now, there's another reason, though, I'm really excited about Love Week 2020. And that is this. This is our seventh year doing Love Week. We started in 2014, like I said, and now here we are seven years in doing Love Week. And now for me as a believer and as someone who's really into the Bible, um, the number seven really carries some meaning. The number seven is the number of completion. It's the number of coming full circle. It's actually in the scripture. It's the number of God. It's the number of God's anointing, the number of the stamp of his approval. And I wonder if in this seventh year of Love Week, if there's not going to be a special anointing on it. In fact, I believe there is. The, this, the scripture in Isaiah came to my mind today as I was thinking about this and considering it, that the anointing of God breaks the heavy yoke. And there are some very heavy yokes over the region right now. There are some very heavy yokes. I think about in Halifax and in the Nova Scotia area, how much trauma you guys have been through. How powerful will it be this week when the anointing of God through generosity and kindness comes out and breaks that yoke of despair? Or maybe in, in Atlantic Canada, there's, there's joblessness and job loss and economic recession, although in Jesus' name, we're rebounding. But how powerful is it gonna be this year on the seventh year of Love Week, this year where, things, where people are pressed and those heavy yokes are pressed upon people? How much more will the yoke and the anointing of Jesus come and break that heavy yoke? I'm just believing that this year like never before. And so I'm excited for this year's Love Week 2020. But I want just before, we launch and in, just, in a few minutes I'm going to pray and we're going to officially kick off Love Week 2020 but I thought we would be remiss to not kind of come full circle and look back over our shoulder and ask some questions and look at some lessons that we've learned over the last several years and so I want to ask the question what has Love Week taught us what have we learned as a church over the last six years? And I, I've got six things that we've learned specifically from Love Week over the past six years. So if you'll, if you'll bear with me, I want to share these because this is going to help motivate us and align us as we head out into Love Week 2020. Are you with me? All right, home churches, campuses, here we go. Six things that God has taught us through Love Week over the last six years. Here's the first thing I believe that Love Week has taught us. Love has taught us that generosity is contagious in our communities. Generosity is just contagious. You don't have to be a Christian even to just respond to generosity. It's very hard to return a kindness with an evil. 
In fact, this is what Jesus says when he says, like, judge not lest ye be judged. Or he says, give and be given to you. When you give something, a lot of the time it rebounds back to you. Like, when I smile right now, most of you are smiling back, right? I gave you a smile. And it's the same with generosity. We find that one of the first things we noticed is how much people just love to jump on board with what we do. And they aren't even part of King's Church necessarily. We've seen other groups, other schools, other organizations get involved with us just because this is a compelling vision. It's, it's absolutely contagious when we get out there and we get showing love. Other people want to participate. We've started so many pay it forward lines at Tim Hortons, it's crazy. Like it just absolutely has this snowball effect and we found that to be true. People want to get involved. They want to know about it. We've been picked up on the news, there's been newspaper articles, there's been Facebook posts, there's been people unprompted and unsolicited saying, hey, this is so cool, let's be a part of it. And we found that to be true. Generosity is super contagious. It spreads like a virus. Too soon? No, maybe it's not. Maybe, maybe generosity is the virus we need to spread around right now. Maybe that's what we need. Maybe it's the antibody to discouragement. And the antivirus to selfishness. Maybe we got to get out there and just start spreading some love and some cheer and some kindness. And that alone might do wonders for our region. And so we found this to be true. In fact, we've, we've actually caught, we've caught wind of people saying, like third-party groups saying, oh, you are love-weaked. It's like become a, a description when, when people get blessed by us. And so it's an incredible thing when we find out how contagious our generosity is in our communities. When you go out this week and you start serving, realize that you're not just, just a, like an end unto yourself, but you're calling others to do the same. It's very contagious. And that's not just like the, the, the bare minimum. Let's, let's keep going. Love Week has also taught us that generosity builds bridges to the world around us. It builds bridges to the world for us. Love Week has been an unbelievable relationship builder. It's given us access and favor with people we otherwise would not have had any. Oftentimes the church gets criticized of being stuck in the four walls, but when we get out, we start building bridges, especially when we are being generous and kind and caring about the needs of others. It has a way of tearing down walls and building up bridges. And we've seen that to be true. It is the absolute best PR mechanism a church could ever have. Nothing says those people are all right like we love you and we care about you. It's been incredible to see. And we've actually seen this benefit us as a church because look, today we all know this. We live in a time where there's not just narratives going around about the church about maybe that we're, we're bad apples or whatever. We also live in a time where there's a narrative that goes around that, that what we believe in here is hate speech. If you haven't picked up on that, you, you haven't been paying attention. Like there's, there's narratives out there that say that the things that we believe in the scripture, uh, that they're, they're actually anti and we're haters. And I don't know if you picked up that at all, but we've seen that generosity is one of the best ways of building that, breaking that lie down. Because I've actually seen people go to bat for us, to our critics, because we've been kind to them. I've heard people criticize us and then I've seen people who don't go to King's Church step forward and say, hey, I know those people and they aren't haters, they're lovers. That's what love does. That's what kindness does. Generosity builds bridges of connection. Distance creates distortion, but when we get close and we get generous, it brings clarity. 
People know we are for them when we get out there and we get generous. And this is what the scripture actually tells us. First Peter, this is one of my favorite scriptures for the times. First Peter 2 tells us to live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, see, it's not a surprise. It's not a surprise that the scripture is incongruent with certain things of the culture. We're not the first to deal with that. But Peter says, even though they accuse you of doing wrong, of believing things they don't believe or, or what have you, but they might see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits. So what's this saying? It's saying that our actions are actually more powerful for people than our theology. And that in fact, their theology is shaped by what we do, not so much what we say or what we believe. And so we are supposed to get out there and show our kindness. And we've seen that to be true over the last seven years now, over the last six years anyway, we've seen amazing bridges be built because we have done this thing called Love Week. We've been granted access into public school systems with, with nonprofits and other groups. We've been given access into families. We've actually, we always show these highlight videos, but there's always several things that we've been able to accomplish that are so private, we can't show those things. However, we've been given access to very sacred, sacred things that just through being generous, it's an incredible, incredible thing that we've learned over the last six years. Here's another thing that we've learned. Generosity and love and kindness opens doors in people for Jesus. When we give and we give these big checks and we help people and we come around people, we do things, we do this without any expectation of them returning it back to us. It's, it's in, in every sense of the word, almost no strings attached. There's one string attached to all this. And that is that we do all of this in the name of Jesus. We're doing it so that people can see Jesus. We're doing it so that people don't see us or they don't feel obligated to us. We're doing it so that they would be stuck to think about who, is, who are these people and why are they like that so that hopefully they'll think about Jesus. We have been doing this from the gate so that people would be able to get closer to Jesus. That this has been a way that we've been able to, to get Jesus in proximity. You ever, you ever think of that scripture where Jesus says, you know, truly I tell you, whatever you did for the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Now we hear that and yes, Jesus is commanding us to be generous and commanding us to get out there and care for people in need. But do you realize why? It's so that Jesus can be in proximity with them. He wants to meet their ultimate needs, not just give them a meal or a roof over their heads. He wants to save their soul. Jesus came, he said, I've come to seek and save those who are lost. That's why he died. He didn't die, die to give us supper. He died to save us, to give us life. And we are out there giving to people so that hopefully, not that they'll see us, but they'll see Jesus. And we, over the years, we have had multitudes of people come and be part of our church, but more importantly, come to know Jesus because we've done Love Week. Love Week has been a catalyst for people finding Jesus. That makes it entirely worth it, amen? I think about, I think about the story of Amanda and Jeremy just last year. Amanda has stage, she has cancer, terminal cancer, and she continues to fight and we continue to pray for her healing. But just last year, we, we, we came around this family. We caught wind of them. We heard that, what they were going through and the, the small kids and stuff. And we came around them and we sent them to Disney World. It was, it was a family trip. And it was an incredible thing. And But also along with that, we gave them a couple tickets to the Christmas at the Imperial program that we run at Christmas. Because strings attached, we want you to know Jesus. That's really why we're doing this. And so they, they did their trip, but they also came to Christmas at the Imperial 
And at that service, they were spoken to. And out of that, they came to church in January. And then in January, they went to Growth Track. And at Growth growth Track, they both, Jeremy and Amanda, both accepted Jesus. And then the story gets better. They got married. And then Pastor Dan got to baptize Amanda. And we continue to walk with her as she fights this illness. And we pray for healing for her in Jesus' name. And if Amanda, you're watching, we're still praying for you every day. And so we're just grateful, though, for stories like Amanda and Jeremy. And there are many of them, people who have come to know Jesus because of what you do. And that's really what we need to keep in mind. We've learned that Jesus, you just never know how Jesus is working this thing to get close to people he wants to save. And that's really what we're about with this week. Here's a question I would ask you. What would you give if you knew God would use your gift in such an eternal way? What's that worth to you? Here's, here's, my, here's my admonition to you today. He will use what we give this week. He's going to use, you better believe it, for people to come to know him. That's ultimately why we do this. It might be this year, it might be next year, it might be 10 years from now. This is seed planted in the souls and minds of men. And that's what we're out here doing. So we've learned that. Number four, I'm, all, I'm almost done. I told you I'd be quick. And we're just gonna get out there and start doing and start loving. Number four, we've learned this. The generosity is a sign of health in a church. We've actually learned over the last several years that that really Love Week is more for us and about us than it is about the world that we're trying to reach. That in fact, this is is a byproduct of the the state of our church. That, That we actually, how can we say we are followers of Jesus? The one who, it says in Philippians 2, did not consider his... Equality with God is something that he grasped and instead he gave up what was his for the benefit of us and he humbled himself. He served us to the uttermost. He died our death. How can we say we serve the most benevolent being in the universe and hoard what we have? We can't. That we realized over the last several years that it is a sign of the work that God has done in us to see it flowing through us. You can't give what you don't have. And one of the things I've seen over the last several years as a pastor is Love Week has been a real litmus test to the health of our church. How we respond says a lot about who we think Jesus is and what we think he did for us. This is the point. You remember the story of the woman with the alabaster jar? Remember that story? Jesus talked about her. There's that story where he's at, the, he's at Simon the Pharisee's house and this woman comes in and starts pouring out this priceless perfume on him and she's weeping over him and everyone's all uncomfortable with it and they think, why this waste and why are you wasting this? And Jesus said to them, he says, look, I tell you, her sins have been forgiven. Her sins, which are many, have been forgiven and her great love, he says, is showing. What's he saying? He's saying her response is, her, her actions are in response to what she's been receiving from me. Then he goes on, he says, who's ever been forgiven little loves little. Whoever's been forgiven much loves much. And who's ever been forgiven little loves little. And we realize as a church that we have been forgiven much, amen? We're all the woman with the alabaster jar. The question is, what are you doing with the jar that God has given you? And God has given all of us a measure. And And Love Week is a moment where we can look at our lives and say, okay, God, I don't have everything, but you've given me something. And I want to pour that out as an offering to you because I've received so much more than I could possibly give. And I'm going to give because you've given me so much. And that's one of the main reasons we, we do this is because Love Week is a response. It's a response to the grace of God given to us. Therefore, it must go through us. Amen? 
And that's what we've learned over the last several years. Number five, it goes along with it. Love has taught us that generosity is a source of health in a church. It's not just a sign of how we're doing, whether or not we're willing to let go like Jesus did, or we want to hoard like, 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 like the, the sin and Satan wants us to do. It's also a, a source of health. What do I mean by that? I mean that as we have done Love Week, God has blessed our church. There's no way around it. I did some math today, and it might surprise you. I can do a little bit of math. And I, I, I found this out, that since 2014... Our church has quadrupled in size, and we have our, our giving, our annual giving has gone five times over. It's grown over five times, fivefold in those, in those years since we started doing Love Week. This, I believe, has been one of the single greatest generators of the blessing and favor of God on this house that we do. There are a lot of things that bring alignment with heaven and we, we try our very best to stay in line with heaven and obedient so that we can flow in the favor of God. That's what we want to do as a church. And I think one of the biggest things that we do is Love Week and it's absolutely been a source of the blessing of God. As we started doing this, God gave us increase. Love Week has literally brought promotion to our church. As we've done this, he has promoted us. He's blessed us. There are always leftovers with Love Week. Every time we've done it, we've had to scramble because you guys have given us more money than we knew what to do with and we had to get rid of every penny. I promise you, 100% of what we take at Love Week is gonna go out the door this week and we're gonna get it out to people who need it. But it's, it's actually a great challenge. There's, there's just this multitude of us that, that get caught up in this and there's always more than enough. We've found this to be true, that generosity is a source, of, a source of health. We have learned that this scripture, when Jesus said, give and it will be given to you, a good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use it, it will be measured to you. We have learned that is unequivocally true. It absolutely is true. And this is my favorite, you, you know, can I, can I give you, can I give you a, a, a heads up? I'll, get, I'll, I'll let you, I'll, I'm going to pop the hood and take you behind the curtain here on like my pastor mind. I believe that God blesses us when we're faithful with our finances. And Love Week has always been a gotcha. It's always been, I, look, I'll tell you right now, a bunch of you who don't give, you're not generally generous, you don't give to the Lord, you don't, you don't tie, you don't do any of those things. A bunch of you this week, it happens every year, I, I love it. You are gonna put God to the test and you're gonna give at Love Week. You're gonna give 10 bucks, 100 bucks, $1,000, whatever it is. You're gonna do it and you're gonna do it in faith and God is going to bless you. And you're gonna see the kindness of God because you are faithful. And every single time we get dozens of people coming to us, I get dozens of people just coming to me. All of our pastors get inundated with emails and texts and stories of, you won't believe what happened to me. Here's the thing. Yes, I will. <laughs> it's just happened too many times. I've seen people get jobs they were praying for. I've seen people get promotions. I've seen, I've seen spiritual and physical breakthrough. I've seen relational breakthrough. Every type of blessing you can imagine, I've seen God do it. 
And it always happens on the other side of generosity. And this is the week where those miracles of God and those little provisions of God just go wild. It happens every year and just this wave of blessing starts to happen in the church and it's gonna happen this week as we give. So, so you better believe it. Some of you, you don't know this yet, but a bunch of us, we've, we've been around the block. This is our seventh time doing it. I know that whatever I give to God this year, whatever Melanie and I decide to give to Love Week, God is going to bless it. It might not be with money, but in some tangible way, I, I guarantee I'll have a moment where it's like, oh God, you went and did it again. Guaranteed. He will show his kindness to everyone who gives. And we've seen that to be true. He absolutely, it absolutely brings blessing and health to our lives and to our church. We've seen this to be true. Here's the last thing that, I, that we've, that's really been on full display as we have done this over the last six years. I've learned and we've learned that we can accomplish a lot when we come together in radical generosity. You know, when we're left to ourselves, you know, it doesn't seem like much. Even if you give $1,000, $1,000 isn't going to go super far. Some of you, there'll be people that give $10,000 this weekend. Some of you will give 100 and that's a lot for you or 10, whatever it is. Whatever our individual gift is doesn't seem like a whole lot by itself. But when you bring yours and I bring mine, and you bring yours, and Halifax brings theirs, and, and West St. John brings theirs, and Charlottetown brings theirs, as we all bring it in and we unify it as one, it's unbelievable what we can accomplish together. And listen, just because a church is large doesn't mean it's healthy. And just because a church is small doesn't mean it's unhealthy and vice versa. Health is irrelevant of size, but I have found this to be true. Love Week is one of the times I'm most grateful to be a large church. Because what we can do when we all come together and we start writing $10,000 checks and we start giving these out to organizations and blowing people's minds and blessing them and changing lives, it's incredible what we can do when we come together. And we've seen that to be true as a church, that when we bring all of our things together, I was thinking about it like this. You, you remember concerts? Anybody remember concerts? There's these things. You'd go, you'd go to like an arena and you'd listen to music and you'd stand next to people and you'd all, it was great. Someday, again. But they, you know, in the last like decade or so, you'd take your phones, right? Remember, remember this, this little move at a concert? Everybody turn on your cell phone flashlight. Remember that one? And if, look, if you're in an arena with one light, this little light of mine, I'm gonna let it show. It's great, good light. But man, when there's a thousand or five thousand of these and they turn the stage lights off and everyone's got their light up, it's incredible what all these little lights will do when they join in as one. And that's what we found to be true with Love Week. When we join in as one and we bring our little lights together and we, we submit it to God, all of a sudden this multiplying, magnificent thing happens. That it's not just the unity, but get this, when you submit what you have to God, it's in the hands of a great multiplier. It goes way farther than you could have thought or imagined. It does way more than it should, because why? It's in the hands of a miracle worker. That's what happens. And we've seen that to be true. It's incredible what we have accomplished over the last six years. And get this, this year, yeah, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna lay down the gauntlet. Y'all, if we dig deep and we give $150,000, we will, as a church, cross the $1 million given mark in seven years. Come on, Halifax. Come on, Charlottetown. A million dollars to the glory of Jesus. And some of you are like, well, wait, what's that, what's that scripture about not letting your left hand know what your right hand's doing? And aren't you supposed to give in secret? That scripture is about who gets the credit for what you give. Jesus 
unashamedly wants us to give and shine light so that he gets glory. Look what he says in Matthew 5. You say us, us, we, we are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house in the same way. Here it is. Let your light shine before others. Show them. Show off. Show out. Show the goodness and kindness of Jesus so that they may see your good deeds and then ultimately glorify your Father in heaven. That's what we're after. That's what we're doing. And I'm believing that this year... I mean, 2020's been tough. It's been dark. What a backdrop for the glory of God to pop. It's been hard. What a backdrop, a little bit of kindness and a little bit of love. It's been tough. It's been, it's been a real challenge for a lot of people. I don't know if we've ever had a better opportunity to get out there and really make waves, really shine a light. The light shines the most when it's darkest, doesn't it? You get in a really bright room and you turn your little flashlight on, you can hardly tell. You ever use these little flashlights on your iPhone or your your smartphone, like in the daylight? Does nothing. You get in a dark room, you're pretty thankful for this. Look, it's been a dark year. Let's shine some light and let's see that God be glorified through it. I think that's what's going to happen this week. And I'm really, really excited. Could 2020, I was thinking this, because of what, what, what we do, maybe because of what you give or something that your home church does together, you might change the narrative of 2020 for somebody. What might have been the worst year of their lives, this might be the year that God turned it around and changed them forever. And I believe that maybe, and I've been believing this, I don't know about you, I've said it a few times over the last month. I believe that my God is able to rewrite the narrative on 2020 for me and for us. The 2020 doesn't need to be the worst year ever. Or like, is 2020 done yet? No, God's not done yet. He's not done with 2020. And let's submit this week to him and see what he does. See if he doesn't turn some things around and shift some things and make a statement in this region. I'm excited for what he's gonna do. I'm believing that God is gonna be seen through Love Week 2020. So here's, here's what, we need, what I'm gonna ask you. What could year seven hold? And how will you show love? I'm not asking you to do the same thing as me. That's not what it's about. I'm asking you to look at what God's given you, look at the time he's given you, look at the money that he's given you, and ask him, Lord, what would you have me do to shine my light along with my brothers and sisters together in one week that we could glorify you? So here's what I'm gonna ask. I'm gonna ask you to give an offering. I'm gonna ask us to give one big collective offering. Now, I know there are home churches. I know my home church, we've got an initiative. We're gonna go out and we're gonna bless uh, a couple resource centers and we're gonna do some stuff for them and we're gonna do that together. However, that's on top of us giving an offering together collectively as one church. And we're gonna submit that and we're gonna see that do some incredible things. You guys have been so good over the last several years trusting us as your leaders to be led by the Spirit to the right places at the right time. And we're gonna ask you to trust us again. I promise you that these will all be prayerfully considered and that all of the, everything that's given is gonna go out, it's gonna go to, towards Love Week. So we're not keeping any of it for ourselves. It's not what we're doing. I'm not gonna go buy some new shoes because you gave extra this week. It's not how it works. All of it's gonna go out. We're gonna ask you to submit your offering and join us as we shine a light in this region and ask God to bless it. So we're gonna give an offering. 
There's a bunch of ways you can do that. Primarily, it's going to be digital. However, if you're at one of our locations, if you're at the Valley, if you're at uh, West St. John or Halifax, we will have a station, some buckets on your way out and or our debit machines. So you can stop there before you leave the service today. If you're online, you go right to this, go right to kingschurch.cc or go to loveweek.cc rather, and you can click on the give button. There's a bunch of ways. Uh, just, just full stop. We prefer e-transfer, and there's a reason for that. It's because all of what you gave is going to be able to go out. If you give by Visa or one of these other things, then, then there's a charge with that. So go with e-transfer if you can, but if you can't, just we'll take your money and we'll get it out regardless. So I want you to give, okay? We're going to give, we're going to give, we're going to give like never before. And then here's the other thing. It's not just money we're giving. We're going to give time. We're going to give time. You can go to our website. You can click on some of the things that are happening. But more than that, I think home churches and individual groups are just going to be getting out there and giving. So what we want you to do is we want to know what, you're, what you've been up to. So if you do anything, if you pay it forward at the drive-thru, if you go and rake someone's leaves, if you wash someone's car, if you bake some cookies for the fire department, whatever it is you do, would you please go to loveweek.cc and please let us know what you've been doing. Just click that button and it'll say, hey, what did you do and how long did it take and celebrate it with us. And we want to keep a tab on the story so that we can kind of get the whole picture of what we accomplished, what we accomplished this week. So that's what it's going to be. That's Loveweek 2020. Are you ready? All right, well, I feel like the valley's ready. I feel like Halifax is ready. But here's what we're going to do. We're going to pray together. And we're going to ask that the Spirit blesses what we do. And that He takes us farther than we can ask or imagine as we submit it to Him. So let's pray. And then let's launch Love Week 2020. So Father, thank You for this opportunity to shine Your light. Thank You that You own the cattle on a thousand hills. And You have set us free from scarcity that, Lord, if you ask us to give, we should give without reservation or fear, knowing that we know the baker, we know the one who supplies all our needs. And so, Father, I ask for every one of my brothers and sisters at all of our locations and online and every, everyone who's watching today, I ask that you give us a heart of generosity, one that flows from realizing how greatly you've given us so much we haven't deserved, and God, I pray you would just give us clarity on what you'd have us give as families and as individuals. Would you make us generous and would you help us give this year? And Lord, as we submit this together, we ask God, ultimately, that you would be glorified, that King Jesus would be glorified in Atlantic Canada, that, that worthy causes would be edified and helped, and that God, ultimately, there would be people who come to know you, King Jesus, who didn't because of what we do. And so, Lord, we just commit to you that no act is too small, no gift is too small, that anything placed in faith in your hands stands to be multiplied and magnified by your mighty power. And so we ask today in Jesus' name, would you take our offering that is Love Week, our collective offering, take every dollar, take every hour, take every act of kindness, and would you multiply it for your glory, for the benefit of Atlantic Canada, and Lord, for individuals who need to know you and find salvation forever. We thank you in advance for all you're gonna do. Mobilize and motivate us now by the power of the Holy Spirit, we pray. And all God's people said, amen. Let Love Week 2020 begin.